And I uh, want to welcome you here today. My name is Paul Mumaw, and I'm the lead pastor at Genesis. And whether this is your first time or you've been with us for a while, uh, we're in this series called Teach Your Children. And uh, maybe you're a parent with young kids, uh, and you'll find this very helpful. Maybe you've got kids that are in school, middle school or high school. Maybe they've gone off to college. Uh, maybe you've got some grown kids now. Um, I, I, I'm hoping and praying that what we talk about today, uh, you'll be able to find out how it applies to you and maybe even some of these things that uh, you can put put into practice as uh, we understand more and more what it means uh, to teach our children uh, to love the Lord. You know, I was out of town uh, recently with our uh, Noblesville campus pastor, Ben, and uh, two other guys from staff. We, we spent most of the week together at a church planting conference in Florida, and I think we were uh, day four of our five-day trip when I received a series of three text messages from my wife. Now, remember, I have three young children, all under the age of 10, and uh, so we were in Florida, and here, again, I just want to share with you uh, these three text messages. The first one went like this. Jenny writes, this afternoon, your daughter, now you know that as a parent, whenever the pronoun becomes very directed towards you, that there is some release of parenting or uh, partnership in this particular moment. So there, there's something to come. In my mind, I'm preparing myself for what's next. She writes, this afternoon, your daughter Kate, Kate's five years old, asked me how a baby gets in mommy's belly and how they get out, all right? So that was a text message number one. Text message number two came just a moment or two later and went like this. Your son, now again, again, the emphasis on the pronoun there, your son Luke, who's eight years old, came home from school and told me that one of the boys on the bus taught him all the dirty words, all right? Text message number three went like this. It's time for daddy to come home from Florida, all right? <laughs> Now, you laugh, some of you laugh because uh, you're in that same season of life, that same season of parenting, that same stage as we are, and, and so maybe you get it. Others of you, you laugh because you've been there, and you're also laughing because you're thinking to yourself, you have no idea what is, uh, what's coming your way, but uh, kids are great, aren't they? Man, we, I, I love my children. Uh, if you're a parent, you love your kids too, and no matter whether they're young or old, uh, as parents, you know, we, we share in this desire that we want them to, to do well. Uh, we want to see them grow up and do great things. Maybe if everything goes as planned and we don't mess them up along the way, uh, maybe they grow up as adults uh, to do something really special and make a difference in the world. Well, uh, we're in the second week of a three-week series that we're calling Teach Your Children. And our inspiration from this, for this series uh, comes from some words uh, shared by a man in the Bible, a man by the name of Solomon. Solomon was king over Israel and, and is often thought of as one of the wisest men to ever live. And I just think it's interesting to point out, too, that he was a dad. All right, He knew what it was like to be a parent, to be a father. And here's what he writes in Proverbs uh, 22, verse 6. He says, teach children, or if we personalize it, if you think about your home, as you think about your children, he says, teach your children how they should live, and they will remember it all their life. Parents, uh, teaching your children, teaching your kids how to live is one of the most important things that you will ever do. As we talked about last week, it's a priority. And what's the most important goal for us as parents when it comes to our kids? Well, it's in your notes uh, if you want to follow along with us. So we talked about this last week. The goal is this, that if you're a Christian, the most important goal as a parent is to teach your children to love the Lord. 
It's the most important goal. As we looked at the uh, passage in Deuteronomy last week, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, as Moses was speaking to all of these moms and dads, all of these people, preparing them to go and to live in this new land and to grow as these people of God, he said to them, he said, hey, here's what's most important. Deuteronomy 6, 5, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Moms and dads, there is nothing more important There is nothing greater than your kids growing up loving the Lord. There is no goal more important than this. Now, here's what I want to do today. What I want to do is I want to talk to moms first uh, and then to the dads in the room. So we're going to go moms first and then dads. And uh, it doesn't matter whether you are a married parent or a single parent. Uh, I want you to see uh, some of the most important gifts that you can give to your children uh, as a parent, as you help them grow uh, in their love for the Lord. And I know uh, that because my children are young, uh, that a lot of what I say is directed to those of you that have younger kids. But uh, again, I just want to point out that so much of what I'm going to share today applies to you and your home and your family, uh, no matter how young or how old uh, your kids are. And I want to say too up front that as I shared last week, uh, my wife Jenny was going uh, to share with me this morning, but I'm sorry to say uh, that it didn't work out for her. Uh, Her mom had surgery a couple of weeks ago and is doing really well, uh, but because of the surgery and the recovery, she and her siblings are making uh, regular trips to the Fort Wayne area to help mom out. And so Jenny's been doing that. Uh, She's doing that again today. Day. And so she really wanted to share with you, but we just really believe that it was most important uh, for her to be available uh, to her mom during this time. But um, I do want to point out that if you are disappointed in not getting to hear from Jenny today, uh, as she likes to remind me, and maybe you need to know, she writes most of my messages. I mean, it, it all <laughs> comes from her. Uh, and so even as I share today, you can know that uh, uh, you're hearing from Jenny. In fact, yesterday as we were uh, having some time in between two baseball games, she was reading through my message and making some notes and uh, sharing some ideas uh, and thoughts with me. But um, before coming to Genesis, uh, I had the privilege of serving uh, with a pastor uh, and a writer, a guy by the name of Dave Stone in Louisville. And Dave has written a series uh, of books on parenting. And when it comes to moms, uh, he says it like this. He says, what the heart is to the body, the mother is to the home. It just simply means this. Moms, You have an incredibly important role to play uh, when it comes to the life of your children. Uh, They are God's gift to you. And I know that you know that, that that every moment you have with them, uh, starting as a baby, is an opportunity to help your kids grow uh, in their love for Jesus Christ. And if you think there's a lot of pressure and if you think there's a lot of responsibility that comes with something like that, you're right. I mean, there is, and, and I don't even need to tell you that because you already know, and you know that it's, it's hard work to do. And, and what makes it even more difficult uh, is when you understand that our culture uh, doesn't value uh, the time and the energy uh, that a mom, that being a mom, really requires. And in spite of what our culture says, and in spite of what our culture elevates or demands, being a mom is a high and a very noble calling. Moms? You have an important role to play in the life of your kids, no matter how young or how old they are. And whether you work away from home or whether you stay at home, maybe you elect to stay home with your children, choosing to be a mom uh, is no second-rate career. And what you do uh, and the way that you live your life has a significant, can have a significant impact on your children because when the goal is to teach your children to love the Lord, 
you're reminded of how important your part really is. Moms, here's what I want to do. I want to share with you six gifts, uh, six things that you can be thinking about, six gifts that I think can make all of the difference in how you raise your kids. The first one is this, if you're taking notes, uh, a gift that you can give your children. Number one is to love their dad. Uh, to love their dad. Now, uh, Paul in Titus chapter 2 says, women, love your husbands and love your children. Now, that means that your relationship with Jesus Christ is your first priority. It means that your marriage uh, to your husband is priority number two. Now, I know uh, that it might seem obvious to some of you, but I, I still think that there may be even some that need to be reminded that that means that your relationship with your kids is priority three. God first, your marriage second, and your relationship with your kids is priority number three. Um, wives, moms, I want to encourage you to love your husband. Uh, give your children the gift of loving your husband. And, and when the kids come along, uh, don't take your marriage for granted. Uh, don't do that. I, I know it's hard work, and I know it's hard work with the kids and all, but don't push your marriage to the side and expect to, think, uh, expect to pick things up when the kids go off to school or when they're finally out of the house one day. And your, your marriage is so important. And it's so important right now. And it's not only important to you, but it's important to your children as well. And uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit more in a few minutes. But your children will be blessed by a happy home and by a mom and dad who are in a healthy and a happy marriage. And so love their dad. Uh, whenever you get the opportunity, speak highly of them. Uh, especially in front of your kids. Let your kids uh, see the affection, see some of the affection that you show towards one another. Uh, take time for each other and make your marriage to your husband a priority. Now, I also want to add, too, that I know that there are some of you here today and maybe you're divorced and, and maybe not remarried, and I know that there are some exceptions uh, to what I'm about to say, but if you're divorced and your children's dad is still in the picture even if you don't really like him or care for him, remember this, he's still your kid's dad, all right? And there's a really good chance that they still need that dad, they need that man in their life. And so I wanna challenge you and encourage you to help your children love him and to respect him because again, chances are that they still really need him. And so love their dad. The second thing is this, be a stabilizing presence uh, for your kids. Give them that gift. Work hard uh, protect, to protect your family uh, from the out-of-control pace and chaos that I really think comes with living in the suburbs. Uh, be the protector of that. Moms, you can monitor and control the pace of your family. Don't, don't let your family fall into the trap of these countless activities that keep your family on the go and away from home every single night. I mean, your kids don't need to be involved uh, in everything. And don't be afraid to stay at home with your family you know, at nights. Help create a home and an environment where your kids want to be home and where your family uh, can be together. Dave Stone says it like this. He says that moms should have the tenacity of a Doberman, not towards their husbands, all right, but the tenacity of a Doberman when it comes to protecting your home and when it comes to protecting your family from a busy schedule. Protect your family. Keep your family focused on the most important things. And we'll talk about this a little bit more next week, but try this. Make eating dinner together as a family a priority and protect it all that you can. 
Uh, limit your kids' access to, to video games and phones. Uh, protect your family and the time you have together. I mean, we love sports in our family, all right? Our kids love sports, and, and we give our kids opportunities to participate in them. We spent uh, five hours yesterday out at the baseball fields with two different games uh, for our boys, but Jenny and I also are firm believers that kickball games in the backyard are more important than spending night after night after night on another ball field. And so moms, help control the pace of your family. Be that stabilizing presence for your kids. The third gift, is, gift that you can give your children is this. Be a voice of affirmation for them. Um, the Apostle Paul, again, writes in 2 Thessalonians about how we should be encouraged as followers of Jesus, that we should be strengthened by our faith in Jesus and how we can use that hope uh, to strengthen and to encourage others, especially our children. Moms, you can be a voice of, enc of encouragement and affirmation for your kids. Be a, be a safe place for your kids uh, when they need someone to talk to them and to listen to them. And whether they're in preschool or in high school, I hope that you'll work hard to make time each day to talk and to listen to them, to, to affirm them, to, to show physical affection towards them. I mean, they want, you, they want to know that you love them and that you care for them and that you're praying for them. I remember uh, one time when I was in high school, and I was going through a, a difficult time and just very discouraged by some things that were going on in my life, and my mom knew this and probably realized this more than, than I imagined. I remember this one day just coming out of the high school and getting into my car, and I would go directly from school to work, and I remember that day that I got in the car, and right there on my dashboard was a note, and I opened that note to discover that it was a note from my mom. And it was just a note that simply said, I love you, and I'm proud of you, and I'm praying for you, and, and you're going to get through this. And, you know, how do I know that that was important to me? 20 years later, I still remember it. I still remember getting that note from my mom. You can do the same too. Be that voice of affirmation for your kids. Number four, uh, create teachable moments uh, for your kids. It's what Solomon is talking about in Proverbs 22 when he challenges us. He says, teach your children. Use life's you know, examples as an opportunity to teach and to guide your kids. And so as you raise your kids, uh, talk to them, listen to them, observe them, create teachable moments where you can guide them uh, through various situations in life. Uh, don't overreact or respond in anger uh, when you discipline your kids. I mean, take time to talk about what happened. Uh, take time to point out why it was wrong and the importance of obedience. Uh, dis uh, discipline your kids appropriately, but make sure that you show the power of forgiveness as you remind them how much that you love them and that you want the very best for them. You know, one of the things that we're battling in our house right now is self-centeredness, all right? And we can see it, and we're taking it head on, and we see it happening, and we try and call it out. And, and so when we see it happening, and when it requires a conversation with one of our kids or all of them, we talk about what the Bible has to say about sharing and about what it has to say about putting others first. And if you ask our kids, uh, you'll hear that sometimes discipline in the Moomaw house uh, means that the offender or the guilty party has to make their sister's bed for the week, or that, you know, uh, the sister has to make their brother's bed for the week. And we just do this. It's a way of teaching them and encouraging selflessness uh, in service. Uh, teach your kids with creative discipline. Do that. I remember one time uh, Luke was just a few years old, 
And our boys, uh, Joel and Luke, have shared a bedroom uh, ever since. They, they, we've, both, we've had both of them. And, and there was one particular night where we were trying to get our kids to go to sleep, to get the boys to, to shut up and go to bed. And, any moms and dads ever been there? All right. And, and Luke, he just, he just wouldn't let go. And there had been multiple trips back to the bedroom. And Luke just, they were giggling. And it's fun for a while. But he was just giggling. And so all of a sudden, I'm sitting there watching TV. And Jenny comes walking out of the bedroom holding Luke by the hand, and she walks over to our patio door. She opens the patio door. She puts Luke outside, and then she says to him this, when you're ready to go to sleep, you can come back in. Until then, you're going to stand out here on the deck. Now, before you go judging us, all right, it wasn't like she told him to go play in the street, all right? I mean, he's right there on the patio. We can see him. Well, Jenny shut the door, and sure enough, she came and sat down on the couch, and I just kind of peeked over at her. We sat there for a couple of minutes. We watched TV. A couple of minutes went by, and all of a sudden, you see this face, this body come up to the door. You hear a tap, tap, tap. Jenny walks over, opens the door. Yes, can I help you? I'm ready to go to bed now. Great. She grabbed Luke by the hand. She walked him into the house, walked him back to the bedroom, and he, we didn't hear from him for the rest of the night. Create teachable moments uh, with your kids. Get creative in it. And don't just catch your children doing the wrong thing either. Man, catch them doing the right thing, you know, as often as you can. And make a big deal out of it. Sometimes uh, Jenny sets aside a special candy jar in our house. And, and all of a sudden, the game in our house is catch your brother or catch your sister doing the right thing. And so that means if Kate catches Luke doing the right thing, maybe serving someone else in our house, Luke gets to pick out a piece of candy. You know, now, I know that that might not work with your middle school student or with your high school student, but, but I think you sort of get the point. Create those teachable moments with your kids. The fifth thing is this, encourage their faith. Moms, as often as you can, find opportunities to encourage their faith. Motherhood is this. Motherhood is a partnership with God. I mean, that's what it really is. And it's about offering your children up to the Lord. I mean, that's what Hannah did uh, with Samuel in the Old Testament, a, a phenomenal story. And, and what do we want to see our kids do? Well, we want to see them. I mean, the most important goal in parenting is to see our kids grow up to love the Lord. And so that means in anything and everything. With each of these gifts that we've talked about so far, I mean, you want your kids to understand what it means to love the Lord and to live for Jesus. And so make it a point, make it a habit to talk about your faith. Talk about the love of God. You know, when you're out in the car, when you're out in the minivan together, shut off the radio and just talk about some of the things that you're learning and the great things that you see God doing in your life or in your family. Read the Bible to your kids. Teach them scripture. Show them how to pray. Moms, if you want your kids to love, them, to love the Lord, let them see you love the Lord. Man, they've got to see it in you. I mean, let them watch as you make your relationship with Jesus Christ your greatest priority. And so let them see you pray. You know, let them see you worship and, and in relationships with others through your connection group. I mean, you want to give your children something that you already possess. Do you want them to love the Lord? Encourage their faith as they see you loving the Lord. And sixth and finally, the last gift I want to encourage you in giving your children today is to pray for your children to just make it a habit to pray for your kids and to pray for them specifically by name every single day. You know, pray for areas where you want to see them grow. Uh, pray for those things that you find them struggling in right now. Uh, pray for wisdom as a parent and how to parent them. Pray, pray for your kids through their teenage years and as they go off to college. Pray for those right relationships. Pray for that husband or wife that they're going to take one day. Pray 
that they will love the Lord with all their heart and with all their soul. And, you know, maybe uh, in your life and in your situation right now, maybe you have a blended family and, and your kids are only with you part of the time and maybe with your, your ex uh, the other time. Maybe your ex-husband is, remar- is remarried and, and your children spend time in his home. And so pray. Pray for the other mom uh, to join you in some of the goals and in some of the same efforts that you believe are important. You know, maybe, maybe you're a single mom right now. And for you, it's extra hard and there's no dad in the picture. You know, find hope and support in words like in Psalm 68 where we're reminded that the Lord is the father to the fatherless, that he is always there and that he'll never leave us. Maybe you're a working mom, you know, and you work hard to provide and to support your family. Maybe because of your schedule, you feel a little guilty at times about the limited time that you have with your kids. You know, pray and ask God to give you the strength to give all that you have with the time that you've been given with your children. You know, moms, your work at times is very underappreciated. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You play a vital part in your kids' lives. And so choose your children every day as often as you can in everything that you do. Love them and teach them with the gifts that you give. I I, I promise you that it is a choice that you won't ever regret. Let's talk about dads. Dads, Uh, your kids won't naturally grow up to love the Lord. Uh, You have to lead them in this. You have to teach them, as Solomon points out, all along the way. You know, I was uh, working from Noble Coffee on Monday, uh, getting a start on this message this past week, and I ran into one of the men uh, from our church, and he introduced me to his daughter. Uh, She lives in St. Louis and was home for the weekend, and the two of them were having coffee together uh, before she hit the road uh, to head back home. And I just thought, you know, what a great example you know, what a great reminder that if we, if dads, if we invest in our kids when they're young, then we're more likely to have that time and those opportunities with them when they're older. Dads, stay involved in the life of your kids. Man, do it. Make it a priority. When it comes to your kids, your participation and your presence in their life are huge factors uh, for where they go from here. And do you know what I think? I think that most dads, uh, most of us, all of us, we want to be involved in our kids' lives. We want to make a difference, but maybe, maybe for you, maybe you look at your childhood and maybe you look at your father or the father that you didn't have and you've been using that as an excuse uh, and your own lack of parenting. And if you're like me and if you ever feel inadequate as a dad, um, I want to remind you that those feelings of inadequacy really when you think about it are a relief to God. You know, they're a relief to him because my inadequacy leaves room for God and for the Holy Spirit uh, to do even greater things in me. And so, dads, uh, for you too, let me just suggest some gifts for you, some gifts that you can give your children to encourage them in their love for the Lord. The first one is this, love their mom. Man, be committed to loving their mom. Uh, Let them see you love the woman that you chose to be your wife. And I know marriage isn't easy, and I know that circumstances may change, but you remember what it was like when you first started dating your wife, when you were first married, or even before the kids came? Work hard. Man, you got to keep working hard to cultivate that same fire and that passion that I'm sure was once there. And don't ever quit pursuing your wife. I mean, do the special things that you used to do when you were dating or when you were first married. Now, I know some of you might say, I'll tell you what we used to do a lot of, you know, before the kids came along. But, and they're, hey, we got to keep doing those things too, right? But But keep doing the little things as well, those things that you used to do to express your love for your wife. Communicate lovingly towards her. 
uh, especially in front of the kids. Keep, keep arguments as private as you can, and don't underestimate the importance uh, uh, that the safety and security of your marriage can provide uh, for your children. It's like what the Apostle Paul says when he says, husbands, love your wife. And to what degree do we love our wives? He says, do, as Christ loved the church. Man, think about that. Reflect on that. That he says, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Man, make time to date your wife. You know, make that a priority. Find time away with each other. I mean, if at all possible, you know, find at least one time a year, a couple times a year where you can get away for a few nights of the year. And I, I know that that's not an easy thing to do, and I know that it's a lot of work to make those sorts of arrangements, but I got to tell you that Jenny and I have made this a practice in our marriage, and it's good for our marriage. And you know what? It's not only good for us, but it's good for our kids too, for them to see this, to see mom and dad investing in one another. Man, let your kids see that too. Dads, love your wife. The second thing is this, teach your children respect. Start having those intentional conversations with your kids, especially when they're young, and help them understand what you expect, what you and mom expect from your kids in your home. I mean, your kids are going to test boundaries. You know, if they're not already, there's going to come that day where they're going to start testing boundaries. And so be intentional about teaching your kids respect and don't leave discipline up to mom. All right, that's a responsibility that you can't afford to just simply hand off to mom. Dad, you have to be involved with the intentional discipline of your children, even when it's hard. And so make sure that you and your wife are on the same page and that you support one another through times of discipline and tough decisions. And dads, don't be the softy. All right, don't be the resident pushover uh, in your house where you know, the son or daughter can come to you to really get what they want, but support your wife. Support her in that discipline. Make sure that you're communicating and that you're unified on tough decisions. And as you teach your kids respect, teach them about some simple life lessons too that are so beneficial. I mean, teach them to look other adults in the eye when they're talking to them. You know, point that out. See that when that's happening. Uh, remind them to express thanks and to express uh, appreciation to others. Teach them uh, to serve. Uh, promote first-time obedience. Man, there's nothing more frustrating when you hear a parent say, you know, I, this is the third time I've had to tell you or the fourth time or the fifth time, you know, I, they get it, all right? I mean, if mom and dad are willing to go to the third, fourth, and fifth time, you know, I mean, when really will there be a line? And so, so teach first-time obedience with your children. Help your children understand uh, that this world does not revolve around them and to teach them about things like humility. You know, for example, uh, Joel and Luke are playing baseball right now, and uh, last weekend, they both had exceptional games, so much uh, that their coach, uh, each of their coaches awarded them the game ball. Now, I got to tell you, as a dad, I was pretty proud of that moment for everything that I've taught them along the way that they might uh, finally come to this accomplishment, but really, who am I kidding? I never won a game ball. You don't win a game ball when you sit on the bench, you know, for, for, for most of the game. But anyways, my boys were really excited for how they played and what they had achieved, and we celebrated with them, but we also realized that this was a great opportunity uh, to teach them about things like humility and consideration for others, you know, even when they have such achievements. Teach your kids respect. You know, as dads, teach your children to respect their mother, you know, by the way that you treat her, um, by the way that you live. Uh, dads, teach your, your boys especially about how to treat a woman, how to treat a girl, you know, that, that he will do those things right as he gets older and as he becomes a man. The third gift is spend quality time with your kids. 
You know, dads, just like we talked about a moment ago, spend that time with your kids and cultivate that relationship with your children so that you can be a safe place, uh, that you can be a safe conversation for your kids at every stage of their life. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I, I am at times overwhelmed and concerned about all of the emphasis on sex and self-gratification in our culture. Uh, and with all of the access to pornography on the internet, I know that I can't prevent uh, my sons from exposure to these sorts of things. It's going to happen. There will come a point for that. But what I can do now is cultivate relationships uh, with my kids so that they know and realize that their dad is always a safe place and a safe conversation. And so dads, invest in your sons, but spend quality time with your daughters too. In fact, I was reading just this past week that research shows that when there is a healthy relationship between a father and his daughter, sexual experimentation before marriage on the daughter's part is less likely to occur. And at the same time, that means that you're less likely to have to threaten those young men who are going to want to date your daughter. That's going to keep you out of jail, all right? I mean, you, you've got to do that kind of work, but spend time, Dad, spend time with your daughters. Don't neglect your daughters. Teach and show your daughters how to find their male attention in you first, and then let your daughter experience how she should be treated as a young woman, as a woman by other men. Establish traditions with your kids. Man, establish those memories with your kids. Kate and I are home alone together uh, most Friday mornings. And so for us, it's our special time for playing games, reading books, uh, taking the dog for a walk, maybe me sharing a cup of coffee while she drinks a, a cup of, of chocolate milk or something. Uh, my son Luke and I, we, we just simply took a walk the other day. We walked up to the gas station uh, for a frozen slushie. Just had that time together walking. Joel and I took a camping trip uh, to Michigan last summer to, to, turn, to, to celebrate the fact that he was turning 10 years of age. Dad, spend quality time with your kids. Make memories with them and make sure that they're just not simply getting leftovers uh, from your long day, but find ways, find ways uh, to make sure that they see that they come before your career, they come before the next big game or something else. The fourth gift is to encourage your children. You know, as you spend time with your kids, support and encourage them. Uh, let them see you standing in their corner. Catch them doing things right. Uh, speak words of affirmation to your children. You know, let them know that you're proud and, and not just when they accomplish something great, but encourage them when they give their best and even when they fail and talk to them about how proud you are to simply have them as your child. You know, John Eldridge says it like this. He says, your son or daughter, no matter how old, will always want and need to hear these words from you. I am proud of you. You have what it takes. Dads, find ways to encourage your children. The fifth thing is this. Dads, give spiritual direction to your family. Provide that spiritual direction for your family. Dads, your influence, your spiritual influence over your family, over your kids, is far greater than you may realize. In fact, there's a study that shows that if a child, think about a particular family, if a child in a particular family comes to Christ first, and he or she is the only one, there is a 3.5% chance that the rest of the family will eventually come to Christ. The same study shows that if a mother comes to Christ first in a family, then there is a 17% chance that the rest of the family will come to Christ. But get this, if a father, if a dad comes to Christ first, there is a 93% chance that the rest of the family will. Dads, do you want your children to grow up loving the Lord? 
Let them see you loving the Lord. Be a model and an example and a leader for your family. Uh, Let your kids see you worshiping and uh, praying and reading your Bible. Uh, Teach and model for your kids what it means to give and to be generous. Uh, Share your faith with your kids. I mean, your, your kid's pathway to a growing and a fruitful relationship with the Lord runs through you. And so let them see it in you. And finally, the last thing, pray for your children. Dads, you too. Pray for your children. I mean, pray for them by name every single day. Uh, Pray and lead your family together as you sit at the dinner table each night. Uh, Pray with your kids at bedtime. Pray as your family is on the verge of a big move or a big decision. Uh, Teach your kids about prayer and teach them about what Jesus modeled for us uh, when he prayed. And pray with your wife too. You know, take that time, set aside that time to pray with your wife. I'll I'll be real honest with you. I'll be transparent with you. This is an area of growth and discipline for me. I mean, Jenny and I, I mean, we've got room to grow in this area, making it a priority to pray together in our marriage. I mean, we pray for our kids, but there are times where we really let this area slip of praying together as mom and dad, as husband and wife, and praying for our home, praying for our family, and praying for our kids. And and if if you're divorced, Uh, and your children spend more time uh, with your ex-wife, pray for the other home. Uh, Pray for your ex-wife and that that home will be a place of prayer and a place where loving the Lord is the goal. That's your kids. You know, they need you. And you you can be the dads that your kids need. I mean, you can do this. You just can't do it on your own. I mean, we need the help of the Lord. I mean, we need His strength, and we need His guidance and His work in our lives. And so pray, you know, pray and ask God to give you the strength and the wisdom that you need to teach your children to love the Lord. And, and if there's any part of you that's here today and you're discouraged by years that are lost, whether you're a mom or a dad, I'll start today. You know, pray and ask the Lord to give you wisdom to start doing those things even today. I mean, someone once said that the best time to plant an oak tree is 25 years ago. The second best time is today. And so even if you find yourself caught up in those things that you haven't done or maybe those things that you've neglected, just start doing those things today. Now, a couple of closing thoughts uh, before we wrap up, and I I don't think I can overemphasize these enough. Um, A couple of closing thoughts, especially for you if you're married. The first thing is this. Remember, your relationship with God is priority number one, and your relationship uh, with your wife is priority number two. And you've got to invest and give time in both of those areas. Let your children let you see, or let, them, let your children see what it means for you to love the Lord. But man, do the work. Make the time so that your marriage is priority number two. I mean, a happy marriage leads to a happy home. You know, and so keep the fire of your marriage going. Uh, establish good habits now. Love each other. Pursue one another. Date one another as often as you can. And keep your intimate relationship a priority don't overlook your marriage. And lastly, I know that even as we talk about some of these things today or in the weeks to come, I I know that this discussion for some of you, you might find it to be very difficult. Um, And if you're here today and you find yourself carrying an incredible load of guilt, uh, burdens, uh, maybe frustration right now or anger, maybe some regret for decisions that you made in the past. You know, maybe the, maybe the pain uh, of a strained relationship with your kids is the result of, of years of greater attention to things like work or to something else, anything other than your family. Uh, maybe your marriage re- ended recently or 
Or maybe right now you're enduring an affair in your home, and, and even as you've heard about some of these gifts to be given, maybe you find yourself here today and you're wishing that you could have those 20 years back or 25 years back. I want to encourage you and challenge you. Don't give up. I mean, there is something that you can do. I mean, Thomas Carlyle wrote the history of the French Revolution by hand before computers ever existed. And after three years of writing and research, uh, he produced a 1,500-page manuscript. Now, he handed this handwritten manuscript off to John Stuart Mills uh, to edit and proofread. And when Mills was away on a trip, his maid saw the stack of paper, thought that it was something for the fire, and used this 1,500-page manuscript to start this great fire. Well, when Carlyle found out about this, he went into a, a time of, of deep depression, and he drew the blinds to his house and refused to come or eat, and his life was falling apart until one day he looked out his window to see a young man uh, working on a brick wall that had fallen down in front of an old church. And for three weeks, eight hours a day, Carlyle observed and watched this man rebuild this wall one brick at a time. And he thought to himself all during that time, you know, if he can rebuild that wall brick by brick, I can rebuild my manuscript page by page. Well, from that day, Carlisle started to write again. And within two years, he completed his manuscript for the second time. And today, Thomas Carlyle's The History of the French Revolution is a classic of historical literature. Moms and dads, here's the thing. You might not be able to get the time back. But if you think you've lost your family or your marriage or a relationship with your son or with your daughter, there could be time. There still may be time. And I don't know your situation right now, and I don't know the complexity of your situation, but there is always something you can do, and that is you can pray. You can pray. The most powerful, most important thing that you can do that no one can ever take away is you can pray, and you can pray and ask for God's help, and you can pray and ask for His healing and forgiveness. You can pray and ask God to give you wisdom, and pray and ask Him to give you the strength, to give you the faith to believe. And I love these words by the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, as he was experiencing uh, just the difficulties of life, the challenges of life, and and he heard these words from the Lord. He heard these words, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. He goes on to write, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. And then get this, For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's pray together. And Father in heaven, I just pray that we would know the power and the truth of these words today. That when we are weak, you are strong. And God, I pray that for every person here today, no matter their situation, no matter what it is that they have going on in their life right now, I pray that they would hear the power and the truth of these words. That when we are weak, we are strong. That your grace is sufficient for all things. Here's what I want to do as we pray. Um, maybe you're a mom or a dad here today, and you know and realize that you need the Lord's help. 
And it doesn't matter whether your kids are young or whether they're old and gone. Um, you just know and realize, maybe even as a grandparent, that you need the Lord's help right now as you parent, as you provide that leadership and direction for your kids. Uh, here's what I want to do for you. I want to pray for you specifically this morning. And uh, if you just kind of want to acknowledge that, hey, that's where I am, and I am really and asking, I, I'm asking for the Lord's help in my life and in my parenting today, we just stand where you are right now. Uh, there's no shame and embarrassment out of that, but just stand where you are right now, just as a way of opening up your heart and your life and saying, I really need the Lord right now. I need His wisdom and His direction for me. Just stand where you are, and let me, let me just pray for you right now. God, I, I thank you for these men and women that are standing around this room right now uh, who know and believe that they need you, and they need you with all of their heart and soul and strength. And you know their story, and you know their home, and you know their difficulties. You know their strengths and weaknesses. You know their children. You know them by name, and you gave them. You gave these children to them as a gift, Lord. And now you're asking, you're reminding us to teach our children and to teach them, more importantly than anything else, to love the Lord. God, would you give them wisdom? God, would you give them power and strength today as moms and dads, as grandmas and grandpas, to provide that leadership and that direction for their family? Will you strengthen their marriage, Lord? Would you give them the ability to forgive? Would you give them humility and trust and faith and patience in you for all things? And God, I pray these words from Scripture over them. I pray that your grace would be sufficient. That your power would be made perfect in our weaknesses, Father. God, I pray that they would come to that place of being able to boast even more so about their weaknesses as they realize that your power will fall on them, God. And God, I pray that they would know and realize that when we're weak, we are strong in Christ Jesus. And we praise you and thank you for all these things. God, help us as we give these gifts to our kids. We offer them up to you. We know that they belong to you. And will the rest of you just stand with us as we close out in prayer? Uh, God, you know every heart and every life here today. Uh, you know our struggles. You know our ups and downs. You know where we need even greater faith in you this morning, God. God, encourage us today with the presence of Jesus Christ, the power of the Spirit in us, that we might see that in courage and in faith, we can go boldly and do anything in the name of Jesus Christ. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's sing and respond with this song together.